Coming up on today's episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast, David and I continue our positional previews looking at the running backs group with a special guest. Guys, do you remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. Blue Chew, that's blue like the color blue. Blue Chew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach, and since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as the pill, so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guy who wants that extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. For instance, you know, a lot of guys talk a big game, but if you're a one-and-done kind of guy, Blue Chew can even help you get to round number two. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than the pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for all our listeners. Visit bluechew.com and get your first shipment free when using our special promo code locked on. Just pay the $5 shipping. Again, that's B L U E CHU.com. Promo code locked on L O C K E D O N to try Blue Chew for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast you are locked on buccaneers your daily tampa bay buccaneers podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day what's up and welcome back to the locked on bucks podcast i'm james yarko joined as always by david harrison you can find everything that we're doing over at bucksnation.com and make sure you follow along on twitter at locked on bucks at jarko underscore bucks at dh82 underscore bucks and at bucks underscore nation we are continuing our positional previews today we are taking a look at the running backs which seems to be a position group where uh Buccaneers fans are, are somewhat split. Some wanted it addressed in a much bigger way, and, and some want to see what Peyton Barber really, truly has to offer. So to help us break down this group, you know him, you love him. From Buck What You Heard, our good friend Gene Thomas. Gene, how you doing, buddy? I am so glad to be on. Thank you, guys. Shout out to Bucks Nation. How's everybody doing? Oh, I'm, I'm good. I can't speak for David. Uh, David's a little mad that I allegedly threw him under the bus on Twitter today. <laughs> I'm not actually mad at him. I'm, it's all good. It's all good. Gene, how you doing, man? Man, I am great, man. I, I, I Football can't get here fast enough. I think that will oh, yeah. bring the fan base together, you know, having games. And even more so, getting wins would, would definitely do wonders for this fan base. Yeah, uh, definitely. You know what? Wouldn't the Hall of Fame game being played on 4th of July weekend just be the greatest start to the football year? That would be. I would be so happy. I'm all in. Yeah. Listen up, Roger. It's a little early. Oh, James disagrees. It's a, it's a little early. It's a little early. How about if just training camp? Can we just get at least training camp started in the beginning of July? Let's let's extend I think, let's extend the amount of time they're allowed to practice with one another. Yeah, even bring in some kickers or something. I just want want to see some pads. I want to see some some footballs. Something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. But you know what? As a player, think about that. As a player, so you're telling me the first oh, weekend I have to come to work is Fourth of July weekend? Really? Like really? All right, like the first like, week after Fourth of July, we can we can okay. go that route. 
we can meet there. Training camp starts the week after the Fourth of July weekend. We can we can start there. Yes. Yeah, I'm good with that. Sounds good. All right. All right now that we have that solved, I'll cut that email it to Roger, and we'll we'll make this thing happen. David, that's what we do here on Locked On Bucks. We solve problems. So, guys, let's go ahead and dive right in. All right. We're we're taking a look at the running backs, and uh, unfortunately, David, our our boy, is no longer around. But taking a look at the running backs on the roster, there's not many. We got Peyton Barber, Ronald Jones, Andre Ellington, uh, Bruce Anderson, and Dare Agunbawale. So let's go ahead and start with with who we assume is going to be the guy. You know, Bruce Arians has gushed over and over about him. We've seen flashes, but we've also seen a head coach who was not dedicated to the run, nor was he dedicated to keeping Peyton Barber in the game, giving Ronald Jones enough snaps to even make his time worth it, his rookie season, in exchange for putting Jacquez Rogers on the field. But Gene, why don't we start with you? What are, what do you make of the running back situation, and how do you feel about Peyton Barber being you know penciled in basically right now as the running back one for the Bucks? Well, I'm I'm perfectly comfortable with that move. I I think that Bruce Arians has watched way more game tape than me, you, and Dave all put together have in our lifetime, probably this year. Uh, he's he's assessed that this is a guy that you know he can use in this offense. And when you look at it, you know, you summed it up perfectly when you talked about the previous coach and how how much uh, Peyton Barber was utilized. I mean, he still ended up with 871 yards and uh, five touchdowns. So uh, to me, I feel like there's he has more and there's more he can do and there's more he can contribute uh, if used in the right capacity. So I'm 100 percent confident with with uh, Peyton Barber. I feel like this is his job to lose. Yeah, I'm on, I'm on the same page as Gene is. I, I, I'm I'm a huge fan of Peyton. I mean, if anybody who's been listening to this podcast knows that we we and I specifically have been Peyton Barber supporters really since he came out of Auburn. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And I know there's a lot of noise out there about Rojo, and I know we're going to talk about him here in a minute. But I just want to remind people that Carmen came on the show, and, and she even talked about how the, just because everybody's talking about how great Ronald Jones is taking to this new offense and how much progress he's showing – from year one to year two already um, doesn't mean that Peyton Barber is not doing well and isn't securing his spot on this team uh, either. I think I'm really excited for one to see what Peyton Barber can do by himself and then to see how this Peyton Barber Ronald Jones combo can work because I'll tell you and and James you know Gene I don't know how much you've been able to catch up during the offseason with us but Knowing that Bruce Arians' offense and Byron Leftwich's offense <laughs> likes to use two back sets, I cannot wait till the first time we see Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones lined up on either side of Jameis Winston. Because as a defense, I don't know how you're going to defend that formation, knowing that Mike Evans is out there and Chris Godwin or OJ Howard or whoever else is on the field with him at the same time. It's just it's going to be a really great thing, and I I think that the the talents of both these running backs, Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones, are definitely set up to be uh to be showcased as much as they've, they've ever been before you know let's let's talk about ronald jones for a minute because this poor kid yeah you know, he couldn't he couldn't get on the field for whatever reason if it was cutter just not thinking that he was ready or or maybe he was having trouble grasping the playbook whatever whatever the case may be more than half of the carries that he actually did get he was hit behind the line of scrimmage so david we're going to start with you this time and then we'll bounce it over to Gene. When 
when you take a look at Ronald Jones, you know, we we looked at him a lot coming out of USC when he was heading into his rookie season, taking that into account, taking into account what you saw out of him last year with the Buccaneers. Is there anything that makes you either confident or maybe a little down on Ronald Jones and what he can do? Or is this, you know, basically, you know, a young kid it's only his second season, new staff, new slate. Let's go ahead and see what he can do now. How are you approaching Ronald Jones heading into his sophomore year? Uh, I'm approaching Ronald Jones and his second year as this is the first year he's really gotten a chance to develop. And we, we had this conversation in the group chat, I believe. You can't remember. I talked to too many people. But we were having a conversation, and the point came up that – the Buccaneers messed up a play and they ran it again. Like, I don't know who specifically messed up the play, but somebody on a play on a drill messed up. So the coaches stopped. They said, Hey, here's where we messed up. Here's how it went bad. Here's how we make it better. Line it up, run it again. And that felt very normal to me. And then we found out in the course of the conversation that that wasn't happening last year, that that wasn't happening under coach cutter. And as soon as that happened, as soon as I found out that fact, and that that's kind of part of the part of the disadvantage of being in our situation, James, because I wasn't able to come down for training camp last year. I will be down for training camp this year, so I'll get to put my own eyes on it. But we didn't witness that last year. And I'm going to tell you right now, um, when you're building teams, when you're building squads, and you're trying to become efficient or proficient in a task, you don't do that by doing it once, messing it up, and then never doing it again or not doing it again for a week or till the next practice. You only get better at those deficiencies by fixing them on the spot and then rerunning it until you get it right and you start to get it right over and over and over and over again. And that's not just in football. That's in pretty much any performance-based profession. All right? So to find out that, you know, I mean, I don't know, like how many, how many routes did Ronald Jones run where he didn't run them crisp enough or he didn't catch the ball and the coaches said, hey, next time catch the ball, next play. Like, how many times did that happen? And from what we're gathering, and, and you know, we don't have film of every single practice snap, every single practice rep. So I can't sit here definitively and say that. But from what I'm gathering from these conversations is it didn't happen much, if at all, that those corrections were made on the spot and rerun. So how much of a chance did Ronald Jones really get to develop? Well, coming into the staff, we know it's going to happen. If Ronald Jones goes out there and runs a route, any route, doesn't matter, or runs a screen, and he messes it up, or he drops the ball. We know that this coaching staff is going to say, hey, Rojo, listen, here's what you need to do, bud. Here's what you did. Here's why it didn't work. Here's what we can do to fix it. Now let's do it again. Put it into motion. Get it into muscle memory so that we're on the field Sunday and a linebacker is breathing down your neck. You're just going to do it because we've done it right over and over and over and over again to make sure that you learn. That's teaching. That's developing players, and that's what Ronald Jones is going to get this year that he didn't get last year which is why I'm so excited to see what he does with it. Man, you you pretty much stole my thunder <laughs> on that. <laughs> no lie. I mean, that I I was going to I'm going to go out and say that this is a uh, that was a red shirt year for him last year to be very honest. I don't felt like he developed. I I he didn't get time and you could see when he did get on the field, he didn't have the confidence just to kind of piggyback off what you're talking about. Ronald Jones did not have the confidence to run. I like he like you saw what you saw in his film from uh, USC. You didn't see that confidence and and that you're exactly right. And the one thing that gives me hope and confidence for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is you have a bunch of teachers in this coaching staff. You don't have coaches. You have teachers. 
guys, it'll just like you said, hey, you did this all wrong. Let's do this again. Let's let's do this till we get it right. And as large as this training camp will be, uh, I think they're, you know, with with Ronald Jones and um, with uh, Peyton Barber, they're going to get enough reps to where they're going to be comfortable. And, and I believe they'll be able to buy into this offense a lot better uh, because they are getting these reps and they are being taught specifically. This is what your job is and this is what you need to do. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, the second and third layer of this whole thing is if you're not working on plays or working on skills until you're proficient at them and you can be called an expert or however you want to rate it. What you're also not doing then uh, in assumption in, in connection is building the, that depth. Like, I don't know, man, like I, I wish I could go back and watch all this stuff. But I mean, if if Jack, if Jaquiz Rogers is getting all the snaps in the passing game, you know, during the regular season practices, uh, because that's really his main focus on the team on Sundays, then how many reps did Peyton Barber get coming out of the backfield as a receiver last year or in the last two years? I would venture to bet it's probably not many. So when people talk about Peyton not really being that proficient of a receiver, well, I don't know, man. Like if you've never made macaroni and cheese before and I tell you to make mac and cheese, how how good is it probably going to come out? I know James lumpy. is a chef, so he'll be pretty good. But probably you know what lumpy. I'm yeah, yeah. exactly what you're saying. <laughs> but but this year, like I imagine what we'll see, and I'm looking forward to training camp, is we'll run, you know, a certain play. I don't know, name any play, and we'll say, Hey, uh, I almost just said Sean Wilson. Oops. Um, we'll say, hey, Andre Ellington, get in there and you're going to, you know, yeah, <laughs> you're going to run this play because you're our best receiver, whatever. Okay. So he gets in there and this is like a third and long situation. Maybe he's our, you know, receiving back. Da, 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 da. So he gets in there. Great. And he does good. He does great. Routes crisp, catches good. He runs upfield. Awesome. Great job. Hey, Peyton, you get in there. Let's see what you do because we may not have Andre. We may be in a hurry up offense situation. He may be injured. I don't know. He may just be having a bad day. So, Peyton, you get in there, you run the same route. And now if he doesn't do it well, okay, let's stop, rewind, teach it up, coach it up, redo it. And now we've got a situation where we've got multiple running backs who can do multiple things, and now your offense is dangerous. And, yeah, man, I mean, the the, the thing just has so many layers to it, which is why I was so, I don't want to say hurt, but for lack of a better term, I'll say hurt because here we have a, a, a head coach who's coming out saying, you know, and I know this horse is dead, man, and we've kicked the hell out of it, but we have a coach who's coming out week after week after week after week saying, guys, if I had the answers, I would tell you. If I had the answers, we would do it. And what I'm finding is one of the one of the the principal flaws in that coaching staff is the lack of repetition. Like, get out of here, man. Repetition is step number one to making sure people know how to do anything. So, yeah, it was just disappointing. So, again, so I guess to that, and I do have a question. I have to jump in here because that's just so foreign what you just said. Right? What were they? What were they doing in camp? I mean, if you're if you're not working on repetition, if you if somebody makes a mistake and then you don't have them do it again, you go on to the next guy. Uh, how are you? How are you supposed to improve your team? Yeah, that's that's the good question. But from the conversation we were having, and again, I don't I don't want to get too crazy here and and make and no, make just, sure everybody understands. Like the the I, w- I want to say it was Evan James that was having this conversation with us in our our group chat over at Bucks Nation said that he would see plays run, they would mess it up or be an incomplete pass or whatever it was, and then the the coaches would say, okay, hey, here's what you did wrong. Don't do that again. Next play in the script, and we just moved in the next play. Whereas here already, just in mini camps and OTAs, we're seeing. When somebody messes something up, they stop them, they teach them, they coach them up, and then they do it again to make sure they get it right. And again, 
the the story I was told is a very small sample size of training camp. So I want to make sure everybody everything's kept in perspective because I'm getting very intense just because that's how passionate I feel about this kind of stuff. Um, that's that's why the intensity is there. But I mean, I don't know. Like if you see if you go if you spend a day at training camp and that's what you see all day, what's the possibility that that's just the one day they didn't? You know what I mean? Like is that really the one day where he said, "Hey, today is no rewind day. You mess it up once and it's done." I don't know. Like I don't I don't see that as po- as probably a thing. So it seems to me that that's more probably the systematic uh, approach that that coaching staff took to to coaching their players. Yeah. Hey, guys, do you know if Sean Wilson was let go because of injury or or was anything specified or do we know? Um, I don't know because I didn't cover that transaction. I know they brought in Josh Laribius. I don't know if that's how you say it, Um, but I don't know if if why if that was more for offensive line health or if that was for Sean Wilson reasons. I don't know offhand, but if it was if it was injury related, I would think there would be some sort of. Yeah, versus a, just a straight up because I, I actually liked him. I, I really had expectations. Yeah. I had expectations that he would come back and do something this year. But yeah, yeah it just says, uh, you know, according to to Greg Allman, uh, Sean Wilson had sat out the uh, the team's mini camp with an undisclosed injury and they moved on from him. So, yeah, I guess it was some some type of of injury and maybe maybe there's no settlement because he's working off of an undrafted rookie contract yeah that or i mean if he got injured somehow you know in his off time you know before otas and all that stuff so it's a a non-football related injury perhaps type of thing yeah which is too bad i mean maybe he'll get on with another team and we'll get to uh enjoy seeing him you know return a kickoff or something against the bucks but He'll run for for a thousand yards a season for the next four years for the Atlanta Falcons. (laughs) Oh, jeez. That hurts. That really hurts. All right. right Well, David, we already kind of know your thoughts on this, but I would love to hear what what Gene has to say about Andre Ellington before we kind of move on and, and wrap up the running back conversation and get to a voicemail that we received. Well, you know what? I. I don't know. I'm just, and, and you guys forgive me. I've just been so indifferent with a lot of the moves that have been made until I can actually see what happens on the field or what happens in camp or how they respond, how these different moves, acquisitions respond. But with Andre Ellington, it's very similar. I'm not going to say they're the same person, but it's the same philosophy where the previous coach brought in uh, Jacquez Rogers because there was a level of comfort. Uh, I believe that uh, Bruce Arians is bringing in Andre Ellington because there's a level of comfort. And um, I, I think that he can teach these, these some of these young running backs, especially a Ronald Jones, uh, to kind of help coach them up and, and, you know, provide advice. And, you know, he's going to be useful in, in, in the locker room, I, I would say, uh, as well as possibly uh, providing he's I think he's like 30 right now. So, I mean, it's not you know, for a running back that's getting up there. But uh, I think there could be some productivity okay. out of him. Okay. David, anything that you want to touch on about Ellington? I know we've we've talked about him quite a bit, but, you know, who knows? You might have something up your sleeve since this is the running back episode. No, it's pretty much the same thing it's always been. I think Andre is more of a coaching coaching tool, another coach in the in the running back room to kind of help Peyton Barber and Ronald Jones and, and Dari even. Uh, that learning curve kind of help accelerate that a little bit. But I do think that, there is a, a possibility that Andre will get some touches and, and be able to produce on the field as well. Um, but don't sleep on Dario Gumbawale because, I mean, I really like him as oh, well. We, um, 
not not bold enough to predict him as a starter or anything like that in, in the near future, but I really like what we've been able to see in his time in Tampa. And, uh, I mean, listen, crazy things happen in the NFL sometimes. I mean, Andre could be very much on, on a handshake deal where he understands he's coming in for camp, he's coming in to help Coach Arians get these young guys spun up, and then he'll be released with a nice fat paycheck for his efforts <laughs> and, you know, and move on about his business. Um, it's It could also be, it's if you think about it, I mean, if he's, if this running back stable is successful, you know, Bruce has very good influence. He's respected across the league. And he goes around and tells everybody, hey, Andre really helped me get these running backs up to speed. And next thing you know, Andre Ellington is a, is a running backs coach somewhere, an assistant coach somewhere. I mean, you never know with these kinds of things. But I really do feel like at the end of the day, Andre was brought in to help the learning curve and accelerate the learning curve more than anything else. Yeah. And and I do want one last thought on um, the running back core here, uh, especially um, – Peyton Barber, I did want to say that he's made the most of his opportunities because if we remember when he first came to Tampa, you weren't really thinking about Peyton Barber as a starting running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But when he's had opportunities, he's made the most of those opportunities and he's continuously gotten better year after year. And that's the one thing that I'm really looking forward to him. He's 25 right now. And I feel like, you know, we still haven't seen his best football. So I, I think we're going to see more out of him. And I think he's going to be put in a position to succeed. And I do really expect big things out of him and and this running game, actually. I Having a competent coach that can put people in a in the right positions will will be a huge a huge deal compared to what we've all right well and let's go ahead and and wrap it up and and i'll let you guys decide amongst yourselves who wants to go first but let's go ahead and wrap it up with some parting thoughts on dare Wale and and bruce anderson of course the undrafted rookie free agent yeah any anything in particular about those guys that you want to touch on before we move on to the voicemails Wale from from watching him last year uh very hard runner. He runs very hard. I, he's somebody again that, when I look at all these running backs, they just weren't. I didn't think they were put in the best position or you know called upon. I, and I know we only saw a lot of uh, the majority of him in in preseason, but um, I I think that you know giving these guys an opportunity to get out there and show what they can do. What, what did Bruce Arians say about scraping the bottom of the barrel trying to find the best player? Uh, just giving these guys ex- more exposure in camp is something that I'm really excited about. Who knows? He may make the most of his opportunity and really push some of these other running backs for more starting time. And then you have to be considering, too, the dog days of the middle of a football season where injuries occur, nicks occur, uh, him being able to possibly step up and, and get playing time is something that uh, he should be considering as well. So, uh really pay attention to these these running backs in the camp and uh it should be really exciting to see what they can do yeah i, I really like Dari. i've always i always have since the first time i saw him uh run for the bucks I've, I've been a fan of his and gene i think you summed him up pretty good bruce anderson is a guy though that a lot of bucks fans were int- were uh, intrigued by and excited about uh coming out as an undrafted free agent out of north dakota state and i had the opportunity james you know this obviously to speak with North Dakota State head coach Matt Entz about Bruce. Bruce Anderson is a guy who's very intriguing. And like you said, the scraping the bottom of the barrel, the doing the two practices at one time, all that stuff is going to really help Bruce have the opportunity to shine and to show what he can do. Um, same height, similar build as Peyton Barber. But honestly, like, so Gene, you talk about Peyton Barber coming out of Auburn. Dude, I will tell you that I called him as a starter from the second they picked him up. I knew that Peyton Barber was a future starter in the National Football League. Not like necessarily an elite year in, year out, all pro, 
but I was like, Peyton Barber's got starter potential if he gets the right mentorship and he gets the right mold. Reliable. And I'm like you. Um, now that I think that we have a better coaching staff, one that's actually going to teach him to do some things that he's been wanting to do and just hasn't had the opportunity to, I think the ceiling or the sky's the limit for Peyton Barber. But Bruce Anderson is in, is, Bruce Anderson is in the same mold, is, is a similar style of runner, but I think he's more athletic. I think he's more shifty, and he's already got a proven ability to catch the ball. He does have a few injuries, but talking to Coach Entz, those are not significant injuries. They're, they're injuries that it's kind of one of those things where you kind of expect a college kid to get dinged up in football a little bit. Um, Coach Enz raved about him, and I know uh, we're going to play his interview at some point during the offseason um, for the fans, for the listeners to be able to listen to. But understand this when you listen to it, because I know a lot of people say, well, he's his college football coach, so of course he's going to say good things. And I agree. However, he also could just deny my re- my request to do an interview. Like if he didn't want to say good things about Bruce Anderson, two Bucks fans about Bruce Anderson, he would have just said, Hey, I appreciate you reaching out. I'm recruiting right now because he was in the middle of a, of a recruiting trip. I appreciate you, but I have a job to do, so I'm going to politely decline. And that would have been that. So if he had nothing good to say, he could have just walked away. The fact that he took the time to talk to me about Bruce is is significant, and it shows just how much this coach believes in the future of Bruce Anderson. Whether it all pans out or not is still to be seen. But, I mean, across the board, all four of these guys and Andre, just from his veteran standpoint – like you said, Gene, don't sleep on anybody. Yeah, because these guys are going to make the most of their opportunities, I, I believe. I think they're motivated to do All that. All right. Well, David, we got a few minutes left. Let's go ahead and jump over to uh, to the voicemail that we have from a first-time caller. Hey, this is Tyler from California, born in Florida, Tampa. That's why I'm a Bucks fan, but pretty much raised in Los Angeles or Inglewood, California, if you know the difference. But anyways, I've been listening for a while. But I just never called in. But now I really wanted to comment on the James topic. Pretty much my opinion is I think James is, is not as bad as a lot of people think he is. Especially being in L.A., most people think James is just trash. Like, you look at his record, he's trash. You see the highlights and the bloopers, he's trash. But when you actually watch him, you do see the bloopers. But then... You also see a bunch of great throws in between those bloopers, and it's kind of like you you realize how bad the defense has been, and if you add that in, plus the lack of running game, you kind of realize if you had those things, you'd probably have playoff games under his belt already, and that's my opinion. Don't know how to end it, so Tyler, you love the show. All Thanks. right, Bye. Tyler, appreciate the phone call. Uh, Gene, why don't you go ahead and, and dive into this first? You, know, you are the guest of honor, and, and we kind of discussed this pre-show and you said that you had some uh some thoughts that you, you would uh like to share on the topic yeah most definitely uh i'm gonna start and and, and this is not a rumor this is an, an actual fact and when you have a a, a head coach that is not 100 confident in a quarterback and does not 100 have confidence um that that affects your play number one i'm gonna start there and um when i, when I look at Jameis winston uh here's a guy he's gonna break some records this year and uh, you'll have to mention his name uh, because of, you know, I, I, right off the top of my head, I and I'm sorry I'm ill-prepared here, but uh, I was kind of looking at some of the records, uh, quarterback uh, or passing records, and, and Jameis Winston's pretty close, you know, as young as he is to, to breaking some of these records. And I know they're individual feats, but um, again, we've kind of talked about coaching. We've touched on that off and on here throughout the show. You've got a coach that is 100% all in with Jameis Winston. Uh, you've got a coach that I, I think is a better play caller. He's able to manage the clock a lot better. And, uh, you know, just, 
you know, and you have a, an offensive coordinator who's really up and coming. And I, I predict he'll be a head coach at some point in his career. Um, all those things together, I think that they're really setting Jameis up to have a really good season. And again, it's going to be up to him to go as far as he can. But I think they're taking a lot of pressure off of him. Uh, and I think you're going to see that uh, this season. And and I have high expectations for Jameis Winston to uh, prove so many of the doubters wrong and and have a really solid season and, you know, you know, possibly contend for a playoff uh, playoff spot. Again, it's just been so weird with with the defense being a liability. Uh, how many games have we seen where Jameis Winston has given a team the lead, given the team the lead, and the defense can't hold the lead at the end? And um, a, a really good example of that was the um, uh, Carolina Panthers game, the game they won. Uh, they should have blown they should have blown Carolina out, but it got pretty close towards the end of the game, and a lot of that had to do with the defense not being able to get stops. And I think when this team can play a complete game, both offense and defense four quarters of football, I think you're going to see uh, it'll be a lot easier for Jameis to, to manage the game a little bit more. And um, I, I think he's a good quarterback. I, I don't, I don't see him as trash. I've watched him. I know that he's made mistakes and he's done more than he really should have, but uh, you look at his age and, and where he is in his career as an NFL football player. And I think that uh, we still haven't seen his ceiling. I think that he will get better. Yeah. I mean, beautifully said, I think that, uh, you know, obviously you want to see Jameis take the step forward into being like an elite quarterback, but I mean, elite quarterbacks are so few and far between really what you need is you need a quarterback you can win with. And if you pay attention during the off season, that's what Bruce Arians is talking about. When he came here, he said he looked at the roster and really what he's learned in his career is what you need as a quarterback you can win with. And then you can put the rest of the pieces in after that, and you have one here. Uh, Byron Leftwich said the same thing in his first uh, appearance with with the fans earlier this offseason, saying that you know what was so attractive about this job was, of course, Bruce Arians and his tie there, but also Jameis Winston. And again, having a quarterback you can win with. Nobody is calling Jameis Winston elite. Nobody is saying he's a future Hall of Famer or even a potential future Hall of Famer. What everybody is saying to a T is you can win with him. And I think he's proven that. He's shown that already that you can win with him. What you need to do is get rid of some of the things that make you think you might also be able to lose with him. And that's where Bruce Arians, that's where Byron Leftwich, that's where scheme, that's where a better running game, that's where all of it is going to come into play. Because like you said, Gene, I mean, a lot of those bad plays happen under duress, either happen under duress physically or they happen because the team is falling behind or they happen because the team has already fallen behind. Uh, to an extent where he knows it's pretty much he's got a score on every single play. And at, the, at those points, I mean, would you rather have a quarterback who is is playing against a defense and knows they have to go all out and pass the ball and still does it anyway? Or would you rather play against a quarterback who's more concerned about his interception stats so he pulls the ball down and checks down when they're down 21 points in the, in the end of the third quarter so he doesn't get an interception? I don't know about you. I want the guy who's going to fight even if it makes himself look bad, even though sometimes it's going to make him look bad at the same time. So. Yeah. All righty. Well, gentlemen, I think that is going to do it for us since we are a little over on time. Uh, but Gene, certainly appreciate you jumping on, man. Why don't you let everybody know where they can find you, find your show, find you on social media, interact with you, talk Bucks football. All right. You can reach me at Buck What You Heard. Uh, if you follow me, I'll follow you back. I, I love talking football. Um, I've been kind of lax on the show because they're, you know, over the off season because there really hasn't been a whole lot. But I'll start picking everything back up, you know, once we get near camp. 
And I'm going to have you guys on. Hopefully I can get you guys on this week or next week. But I really enjoy your show. I think you guys do a great job. And, you know, you guys are some of the voices that people should be leaning towards, you know, listening to uh, because of the way you handle it. I mean, you're not biased. You're not leading with emotion. You're actually logically breaking things down and, and putting it out there in a way that, you know, hey, let me think about this a little bit. OK, this makes sense. <laughs> Uh, rather than emotionally, oh, he's trash because I don't like him or my guy didn't get picked uh, or, you know, he's he's not the guy that we really need on this team. I think we should just all come together and as a team, as a as a uh, fan base. Before we get out of here uh, for this episode, I did want to say I know Brent and Ren sent out some tweets from the Pewtercast account earlier Sunday talking about how they had an episode dropping today with a really cool interview on it. And I will tell you, I'm not going to ruin the surprise if you haven't listened to it yet. Um, it is a really cool interview. Uh, Brent went ahead and kind of floated me and advanced uh, access to the episode. And it's a really cool conversation. You guys are definitely not going to want to miss it. Any Bucks fan uh, is going to want to hear it. So I know we have a lot of cross audiences between the two shows. But if you don't normally listen to the Pewtercast for whatever reason, do yourself a favor and, and head over and listen to this episode, today's episode at least, because I promise you are going to enjoy it. Uh, as for as for David and I, make sure you're checking out everything going on over at BucksNation.com. Make sure you're sending in your voicemails, just like Tyler, all the way out in L.A. Dude's calling in from L.A. Why aren't we getting more calls from, from local people? Come on. Come on. 813-444-5841. Just a little quick, 60, 90 seconds, right in there. We still have our Throwback Thursday episode coming up where we want to hear your stories about the memory of the first Buccaneers game you ever watched. So make sure you get those in. I know we had one come in today. Chef, talking to you. Expect to hear from you. I expect to hear from Chris. Where's Tyler from Boston? Where have you been? Come on. We we need those phone calls, guys. Make sure you're following along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. Hope you all have a safe, wonderful, enjoyable day. And thanks so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. Run, run, run away, run away, baby, the fire.